Hello and welcome. I'm Regina, your host and mindset coach. This is the Moms Who Achieve podcast, where we discuss motherhood, mindset, money, and everything in between to equip first-generation changemakers with the tools they need to create the lives they want and deserve by managing their minds and taking massive action. I am super ecstatic that you're here, and I'm hopeful that with an open mind, you'll leave with exactly what you came for. Let's go. Hello, y'all, and welcome to what I'm going to call Regina's Random Rants. I decided to break this into another like type of series, I guess, because I have random thoughts randomly, and I don't necessarily want to make an entire episode about it, and I really don't want to have to run to social media to write it out before I forget about it. And I've got so many voice recordings over the years that aren't never going to be exposed that I think would be so helpful. So I chose this platform because it allows me to get my thoughts out and also not be rambling with an entire podcast for each thought. So it'll be all kinds of different things on here, minutes apart, years apart, whatever. Just kind of when I have something on my mind that I think may help someone, I'm going to add it to this. And so when you see these episodes, just know there will be no rhyme or reason um, you'll kind of get whatever was on my mind in that span time. I hope y'all enjoy. So not everything on here is going to resonate with you. Um, some of it you may have never even heard of or considered. And then some you may be like, damn, that's my girl right there. <laughs> She's speaking my language. So I don't expect that everything resonates with everybody, but I do know that it will resonate with at least one of y'all. And that's enough for me. The least patience at the end of the day. And now you see why I'm talking about it, because I have one in the room with me now. But anyways, I know that if you have smaller children, then you can definitely feel me or can remember those days. I was thinking, though, tonight in particular um, about how I have the least patience at night and that we talk about being patient and kind of seeing the child where they are and try to connect with them and think of the situation from their perspective, which is usually... I won't say easy, but easier. Um, but at nighttime, that kind of almost goes out the window. I find that it's one of the situations where they get the least chances. And I was thinking about that tonight as I was laying the two-year-old down and was going to kind of get real stern with her. Like, no, you're not getting up. And I was thinking about that and I'm like, hmm, I wonder why I don't give any leeway at bedtime. Like, I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to have to do the same thing that I just did. If I sung a song, I don't want to have to sing it again. And I realized that it's because I have this fear that if I do give a second chance or if I do something for the second time, like singing a song two or three times or whatever, that I would be then creating a space where they will continue to use that against me. And then there's this whole power struggle for bedtime. Now, I'm not really arguing if that's true. I kind of feel like just with anybody, you teach them how you want to be treated or you kind of teach them what they can get away with. So if I created a space where they know that every time at night they ask me to sing a song 40 times, I'm going to do it. Well, then they're going to utilize that if they don't want to go to sleep. But I'm really thinking about more on the side of what messages that's sending like what underlying message are they getting when I do that? And I was thinking about that and this is kind of what I came up with. So I've been learning that there are two basic 
emotions or reasons that we do something and it's fear or love. And that's kind of opened my mind because when I am thinking of doing something or I just did something nine times out of 10, I think about, was that out of fear or was that out of love? And like when I learned about this, the premise was that we would try to find, oh no, it's because of this or because of that. But when you break down these words that we use, they still all go to either love or fear. And so I'm thinking, hmm. And that's how I got to the consensus that, wow, it's really based on fear, not love at all. And that I'm sending or could be, this is all an exploration, sending deeper messages to them. So we all can agree that, you know, don't hit a child because it causes pain. They've got all kinds of science beyond that, whether you spank a child lightly or you take a belt, like the neurons in the brain or the parts in the brain that light up and show them that's what this means is all the same. They on, the brain sees it as pain. It doesn't see it as, oh, that's not that bad or whatever. So we've already got the research to prove that. Um, and I was just thinking like, well, if... If that sends a message to them, and there's only two ways you can react out of or act out of love or fear, then if I'm sending a message, do not ask for another hug, another kiss to get up, that you need this, that you need that. Because if they're not doing it right, like in the past, if I've been a certain way, I feel as though they go right to sleep and I don't have a problem. So that encourages me to do it again. But if they're not doing that, anymore, if they're not asking for those second things or doing things to stay up, then we can agree that they've gotten the message not to do that. That in their minds, there's some kind of negative outcome if they're to ask for something or bother me again, you know, second, third time, whatever. And I was thinking, well, wow, that what if that translates into other things? Like uh, they have talked about, like the body keeps a score, talks about how our mind doesn't or may not remember something, but our body always will. And that's why we can revert back to different behaviors or get triggered and all of these things and not really, really remember why it's because our body remembers. And so if their body will always remember that, then what messages am I sending in the areas of needing help or needing support, or I made a mistake. I need to be honest. Because if the brain oftentimes sees things as straight across the board, they don't have like, a, it doesn't have a black or gray, or I guess I'm thinking, I would think the subconscious is what I'm talking about, doesn't have a black or gray area, it just is what it is. And it won't be able to differentiate between, oh, that was bedtime, she wanted you to go to sleep, she had a long day, and she doesn't love you, or she doesn't care for you as much as you would like her to, or she can't support you how you, how you need. So you see what I'm saying? Like, if the brain cannot differentiate that obviously that's not what I'm trying to do and it's picking up that that's what it means, then wouldn't that cause issues in other areas of their life when they need help? And I don't know. I feel like that's like, oh, it's not that deep, but is it not? I mean, if we have the science and we know the brain only works one way or the subconscious only works one way, then is it not like really how it works? So I just been thinking about that and also looking on the opposite side, if I were to react out of a love, which of course then you ask like, where are the boundaries then, right? I don't know. I'm just like talking about this because I've been thinking about it, but I don't really have the answer to that. But if I were to react out of love and give them what they need in the moment, every night, however long it takes, then would that be not so bad? And are there people out there who actually do that and have found it to be very rewarding in their children's emotional intelligence? So someone had posted before that if you don't post equal amounts of pictures for your all your kids, 
then obviously you're playing favorites or something of the sort, right? And that kind of irritated me. And it had been it was a while ago. Um, now that I've done a lot of growth work and continue to do so, um, I've realized that when things trigger you, it's for a reason. And so I realized that I was triggered then. And I've been thinking about, well, why? What does that mean? What does that mean to me that I was triggered by it? And I thought about, wow, I take many more pictures of my younger two than I do my older two. And of course, if you had teens and tweens, then your first statement is going to be, well, they don't want pictures. They don't want pictures taken. They, it's hard to find them. You're not with them as much. And although I do think that's true, I also have experienced it differently in different ways. Like someone had talked about, oh, my teen never wants to hang out. They never want to be around me. Um, I experienced that too, but I've noticed that when I push through that and I stay consistent, not, I guess, pushy or not in a way that I'm forcing them to hang with me, I'm just present and I'm just around and I'm showing them, maybe not through words, but through action, that their words aren't pushing me away or I'm not offended. I'm still here. I still want to hang with you, even though you're being an ass, right? Like, (laughs) I feel like they still pick up on that. And when I am like that, they definitely come around and it ends up being a great time, whether it's two minutes or 30. And so when I think of that answer that I would give, well, it's because they, he, she doesn't want to, whatever. I dug a little deeper to see if that was really true. And what I think about it is that, yes, time is definitely a thing. I'm not with them one-on-one as much as I am with my younger two. And yes, your younger kids are more clingy as in like they'll come to you. Oh, mommy, look at this. Daddy, look at that. Um, And your teens may not necessarily do that. I had to be honest with myself and realize that also not a hell of a lot of what they do is video or picture worthy to me right now. Like my younger two, oh, that's so cute. Hold on, take a picture. Oh, that's cute. You know, all these first and things like that. And then when they get older, you kind of get used to it and it's not so great anymore. And then, well, I'm going to say me because, you know, you may not feel this way. I get in my feelings and like, ugh, you know, and it's hard to hang with them sometimes. Not saying that any of this is right. It's actually caused a lot of introspective work for me as I'm thinking about it and me realizing that I could be a little more, Um, understanding of what they're going through in their minds, a little more present when they're talking about certain things or they doing something, something's funny or random, like, hey, take a picture of me. And I do that, but not nearly as much as I do with my younger two. Um, And I realized that that goes right along with the other things that I have realized myself that most people don't is that they may push back. They may seem as though they don't want love and support, but they absolutely do. And maybe in different ways and maybe for shorter spans of time. I'm like, well, damn, that fits in that, too, that when they see me recording and taking pictures of the younger two all the time, they may feel some kind of way, especially if they're acting silly. I never want to put my phone out or I don't randomly say, hey, take a picture with me because I'm in my feelings and or thinking that that's not what they want to do. So let this be a reminder to us about how we were when we were teens and how if you didn't have a really good relationship with your parents or you felt it could have been better, you can definitely think back in times where you felt alone in some kind of way. And knowing that our parents also loved us, but we still felt that way, we can kind of see how we may be carrying on that same generational cycle. So over my span of girlhood to teenhood to adulthood, up into my early adulthood, I always attracted, for the most part, women who either needed me more than they could help me or were jealous, something negative that did not 
make grounds for a healthy relationship. And I was wondering, sitting here thinking about how I'm learning how we attract what we're in vibration with um, and a few other things. And I was just thinking about how ironic it is. Like, do you remember those times when you had a friend who's probably an ex-friend or maybe they're still your friend? That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) But who has had a friend who you just know they're jealous or you know something doesn't sit right or they're not 100% supportive or maybe they're just not, you guys are no longer vibing in this season because I think that not everyone that's your friend is meant to be your friend forever. And sometimes there's no hard feelings. You know, it is what it is. We grow outside of each other all the time and that's just how life is. But at any rate, it was something that told you that either the, the friendship wasn't what it was supposed to be or maybe it's time was due, expired, and you still continued with it and would say things like like I was randomly thinking about how I would talk to a friend and be like yeah such and such who is supposed to be my friend is acting such and such I really feel like she's jealous or yeah that's like or they would do something completely crazy right and I continue to be their friend almost as if I wanted to change that and it was my job to that's just one reason why I guess I was just thinking about like why did I do that um, yeah, shit's weird. Hey y'all. Hey, so, you know, when you have plans of how you're going to handle your day or what you're getting ready to do, that's super productive. And that's the moment. It seems as though your kids need something or begin to really act their age. So that was happening this morning. And today was my batching day where I dropped them off to my sister who graciously watches them for me uh, when I need a batch working day to kind of get a lot of things done that I can't do with them here or it prevents me from having to start, stop, start, stop so I can get into that creative mode. And it was morning time, super excited for the day because I get a break and then I also get to work on what I love doing. And my youngest um, came up and was talking to me about what she wanted. I think she wanted a smoothie or wanted some more smoothie and a random thought hit my mind about how we as moms and parents in general and adults actually have so much power over the experience our children have like her in her little world, you know, it's wrapped around me and what we're doing. And it was just like a moment of realization that in that moment, she's just being pure and she wants something. So she's letting me know But because I have so many thoughts going on in my mind and I would rather her not need anything so that I could get through what I was doing to move on to the other things, how much control I have over her literal life experience and how much and I begin to wonder how much of her experience has been tainted or negative or in some kind of way like these these negative like messages that I may be sending her when she needs something or When she's just acting her age because in her brain, like that's her world. She's not thinking about what I have going on. And it made me think about, you know, when you are, when you think about your childhood or where you think about how your parents were and how each child could have different experiences with the same parent because of how they're seeing the situation. A parent, like say for instance, a mom, we are busy working. We have a million things going on in our head at one time. And so that may cause us to act a certain way towards our children on a regular basis, which then shapes their experience that they talk about later. Things like, 
my mom was always angry or she would just blow up for no reason or saying, you know, when you have experience about, man, my mom always was sad or whatever. Like, but we are speaking from our lived experience in this morning. I had a snapshot of how that experience is actually created. I love her and want her to thrive and really had no problem with getting what she said she wanted. But in the moment, I allowed my mind to be irritated by her actually just being herself and so that caused me to act a certain way towards her and I was thinking like how often do I do that and this is how we shape their experiences that they let her have to heal from and this was a small example but we could think about many times where we're stressed from the day our kids are asking in their own way to connect and we're pushing that away or we don't have time for it or we come through the door already in a certain energy so if they were wanting to connect now they don't especially if your kids are older so the premise behind this rant is to be mindful of how you're showing up and to check yourself for me this morning my job was to be present for her for my two small children who were home with me at the time, not to be thinking of the future several hours from now of how I was going to show up, what I was going to do. If I was present with her and fed into her, I would not only be experiencing life in the moment, I would be connecting with her, which is really important, like stacking all those connections throughout the years that she's here, here with me and even into adulthood. But yet I was allowing my mind to take over and think of the future which wasn't here yet and may have never even happened like the future never happens in the moment the moment is always what's most important so picture this your teen your tween your older child and you have a conversation or have some type of verbal altercation or whatever however you want to word it where they say something you deem as disrespectful or they're doing something you deem as disrespectful and they continue to do so and that may trigger you to like go off right or say something out the wall or check them you know let them know like who are you talking to like all different kinds of things which then can span into even a back and forth situation or you losing your cool And I've talked to people about this and I always think of, which I actually struggle here for sure, right? But the facts are the facts that in those situations, especially when when we think that we've been disrespected, we feel, you know, entitled or in the right to actually retaliate. And I urge us to think about the bottom line of that entire situation. So our problem is that they are being disrespectful and our goal or our reason our purpose for parenting in this way is to show up and model the behavior we want them to have so does it make sense you can just ask yourself this to retaliate and then disrespect your child because they disrespected you when your premise behind disrespecting them is hey you don't talk to me like that You don't disrespect me like that. You need to practice self-control. However, if we retaliate and give that same energy back, we actually are doing the exact thing that we are telling them that they should not do. So it's really hard. But the truth of the matter is that when you have something like this going on with a child, you are the only adult in the situation, the only person in the conversation that has a fully developed brain. And it's so hard. And that's when our triggers come up. And that's when really good self-control can really serve us in those situations where we want to retaliate. We want to say things. We want to do things to um, 
give back some kind of, you know, pain or give back some kind of shame or to make us feel better, right? Because in a moment, you're like, something needs to be done now. But how beautiful it is to model the behavior that we're actually trying to get them to understand and practice. I've done it both ways. And I know for a fact that when I can practice self-control and show up in the way that I am hoping they'll learn to show up, it changes things so beautifully. I'll give you an example. We were um, in front of a restaurant or something and my son was going in to get him some food that he had ordered. And I can't remember exactly what the situation was about, but he was irritated by me. Um, It was something having to do with his phone. I think I was asking him some questions about maybe being up all night the night before, or this was back when he had like, you know, a time he was supposed to be off the phone and he wasn't supposed to have his phone all night. And I think he did something of the sort, right? So I'm hitting him with questions and in my mind wanting to talk about this situation and he wasn't having it for whatever reason. So he got really irritated irritated and he like got loud and he said something like mommy why are you always doing that man it's so annoying like something right um to that point which y'all know first mind like who the fuck are you talking to literally like um sir you know what I mean and so I decided in that moment though I was able to practice self-control and I just looked at him. I didn't say anything because I know that if I said something it wouldn't serve either of us so I took a couple breaths right because I don't want to react off my first mind of what my brain is accustomed to doing. And then I simply said something like, hey, I was just wanting to talk to you about last night or whatever it was. And, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. You can just say that um, something of that sort. Right. And so just chill. Let him know how I felt like definitely, you know, responding, not like letting him push over or get away with, you know, what we want to say um, with how he was talking to me, but kind of like modeling the behavior that I'm trying to show him. So he went in, grabbed his food and I was kind of hurt by it. And also felt some kind of way because if you were raised like that, and if you feel like, dude, who are you talking to? Like something must be done. Then you almost have this like cringe of shit. They got away with being disrespectful. He got me fucked up, you know, whatever. And when he got back in the car, it wasn't 30 seconds where he said, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for getting loud with you. I'm just really tired. And you and pops do, you know, X, Y, Z. We, we had a conversation after that, but he apologized because he innately wanted to, but he never would have wanted to if I matched the same energy, because now instead of him focusing on like, we have internal morals, right? Like we internally feel bad when we hurt somebody. It's not something that usually needs to be taught. And so I gave him space for that. But if I had been like, boy, who are you talking to? You know, whatever, how I would have handled that and how I wanted to handle it in the moment. Now his focus has been moved from, whoa, I probably shouldn't have talked to her like that to now I'm defense mode. Now you still got me messed up. Now I'm matching the continued energy. But since I didn't do that and I said what I said and I remained calm and I gave him space, you know, from the time he went to the restaurant and came out, he probably had several thoughts like, man, you like that guilt came over him to like, man, I shouldn't have said that to her. And he apologized like in his own authentic way. So moral of this rant is try your best to figure out where your triggers are and to stop yourself before you react on that. We want to be 
proactive instead of reactive. And we have to remember that we are the only adults. We are trying to help them see and model the behavior that we want them to have as an adults as they grow up. And it's a silly expectation that they should be able to do something that we cannot do. So the next time, you know, your kid may say something that you don't like and you feel the anger, the anxiety, whatever, building up. You don't need to say anything right now. Like you really don't. Like you can walk away, put some water on your face, go wash your hands, take a walk outside. Like science has proved that when we switch what we're doing and do something different, like it helps us like calm down. And you can always go back and talk about it later because I bet everyone listening to this right now can agree that we never retaliate and like the ways that you show up with your children that you're not really proud of, you never do that when you're calm. And you always regret acting a certain way once those emotions have calmed down. So this is us doing the inner work of learning to manage our own emotions because we have to do the work in order to model the behavior for them. So that wraps up my first Regina. What did I say? <laughs> Regina's random rants. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I have the idea. Um, I'm just going to put it out there, see how it feels to me to, for you guys if it's valuable, and go from there. I don't always have random thoughts that can't turn into a whole episode, which is what I've found lately. So you may not see these very often, but if you love them, I would love to hear back. And what I really like about these is that it's it's me being very vulnerable because it's literally off the top of my head, which means I'm putting myself out there to say the wrong things, to be wrong, to say something without really thinking about it. Um, and, and I think that causes the best conversations, to be honest. So I would love to hear from you if you heard something that resonated and if you heard something that didn't, um, to have a conversation about that and just, yeah, build upon each other's ideas. Um, Brene Brown has an amazing quote that says, I'd rather be I'm more, I'm less focused on being right than getting it right or something like that. The whole premise is like being right is not the basis or the reason for anything that I say as I am maturing, because that's not always the case. But the more I connect with people and the more that I show up as myself, the more I realize that it's not about being right. It's just about being who I am. And then I attract people that need to be in my space and or I send out vibes and words and, and encouragement and just the message that someone needs to hear. But if I'm focused a lot on I need to be right, I need to say the right things at the right times to the right people, then oftentimes I don't say anything at all. And that doesn't serve anybody. So that's that. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me. My mic has been having some issues. And honestly, I think it's user error. I believe I did something to my mic and I can't figure out what it is. So I sound maybe a little more muffled than typically, um, but I'm rolling with it. I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'll figure that shit out later. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again. That wraps up this week. I hope you found value. Please share with a mom friend subscribe and leave a review. This helps this podcast to get into the minds of those who need it most. I would love to hear what you think about the episode. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Who Achieve. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. Take care.